And now, it's time to sit back and enjoy the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. Disney won't stop. Hope Molinex and Chris Honeywell have finished Clone Wars twice and Rebels once. Now they move on to Resistance and beyond. I'm Gene Gene, the MC Machine, and this is J-Guys and Jedi. Hi everyone, welcome to a brand new episode of J-Guys and Jedi, a weekly podcast covering every episode of Star Wars Resistance. In this episode, as the First Order cracks down on dissent and issues unsettling new demands, Kaz and Tora take action. There will be... Tora rage! And the rage! Hybrid! And shit gets serious as Resistance takes a dark turn. We're talking about the Disappeared this week. Hey Chris! Guess hey. what? We're what? We're recording this on Star Wars Day. Happy May the 4th, even though this is going to come out in a few weeks. Yeah, you know me. We were talking about it yesterday. I don't get too too wound up about it because it's every day is May the 4th for me. I know, but it's like extra fun because like we got a new show. Bad Batch is here. We got like, I, I like mm-hmm. looking at all the stuff that comes out. Like, I'm poor as fuck. I'm not going to buy any of it. In fact, oh my God. So I, I put out a joke earlier today because I was looking at like all the stuff that I can't afford. And I was like, man, I need like a sugar mama or a sugar daddy to like buy this stuff for me. Just totally. Yeah, don't me. say that online unless you mean it. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. This guy just comes like sliding into my mentions and he's just like, hey, baby. And I just like, <laughs> a couple of my friends were like, gross she's gay go away and i was like i can't even joke about this shit. <laughs> and i was like gross i re- i responded with a steven universe gif of lapis just smiling and going no <laughs> <laughs> so yeah it was fun we have pet bashes here because okay so last night when we were recording because remember chris and i we were saying last week we're recording like these a few episodes Back to back. So we um, were talking about how we were coming to this episode wanting to talk about Bad Batch. And I was like, no, we'll be fine. Now I'm a liar. So, and this will be out a few weeks. So I I feel like we're okay for spoilers. Um, But maybe not all spoilers. So let's do a spoiler free. What were your first impressions of Bad Batch? I liked it. It's a continuation of, of Clone Wars. It's uh, I think it's going to be like, you know, we've been talking about how there's so many Star Wars shows coming out for us to cover. This one being uh, CG and a continuation of Clone Wars and just sort of a, a link between a lot of other stuff. I think this is going to be like our touchstone show on J-Guys and Jedi, you know. Like it has all the it has all the um, meat that we usually like to dine upon on this show going on in it, you know. It's got a lot of, you know. Um, there was st- you know there was stuff to chew on in this from the you know the Disney movies, the Rebels and Clone Wars all happening at once, and the original trilogy, all brewing 
brewing together. So, uh, yeah, I'm 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 kind of psyched. Yeah, me too. Like I um. I think that I feel like they've given us an anchor show. You know, <laughs> this is it's just total. It's like it's built to be in our wheelhouse. You know. I feel like it's going to be such a different perspective that we're not used to seeing. Like we have seen order. We've seen Order 66 and the end of the Clone Wars so many times from like the Jedi's point of view. And with multiple Jedi, different people, and we've have seen it like, you know, Anakin transfer like transforming into Darth Vader, the Charles Soule comic went into that more. But we haven't really experienced this from the clones point of view, which I think is gonna be really interesting. I think it's gonna take a really like Oh, I know Vietnam. it is. It already is. It's, yeah, it's like, gonna take like a very it's gonna take like a very Vietnam War lost generation kind of feel, I think, because was, what happens when all the clones get shoved down? They're all just kind of left to fend for themselves. Well, there's. Uh, there, I was so happy to see Camino again because I always want to see more of Camino's interesting. You're seeing more of stuff, and I think we'll see more of the Caminoans again because there's the one Caminoan character who's who helped them along at the end. Mm-hmm. Who that you know? So we may get. Like, there's just a lot of interesting things that I never got enough of that that could be ex- ex- thrown into this mix. And from the perspective of the clones, even though we had Clone Wars, Order 66 from the clone point of view, uh, and even though we had Siege of Mandalore, which was sort of halfway, a little bit of the clone point of view, but this is this is totally different. This is like... You know the all the clones being just completely brainwashed, and how it's not really that different. And you know the the subtle different, the subtle the subtle but very important differences between the empire. You know the switch in power and stuff. It's just fascinating to watch, and it's got yeah. and, it, and it's got a lot of that in there. So I'm it's got Farkin. Looking, it kind of reminds me. Um, looking like he needs a haircut. Um. <laughs> you know what, it, as you were talking, it kind of slightly reminds me of, and like, bear with me and let me explain what I mean, because I'm going to sound like a crazy person for half a second. Um, but by, by the way, I have my window open and it's pouring down rain. Is that loud? I don't hear it at all. Okay, cool, cool. Um, it's just, it's hot in here. Um, there's thunder, though. Um, I just heard that, from- yes. It, I, it I, said, I didn't hear anything. It's like... <laughs> storming outside guys and we've had like tornadoes it's okay it's good to have thunder it'll it'll like when we say things it'll give it more gravity (laughs) but it kind of like sort of reminds me of the martez arc a little bit and what i mean by that is we have these clone wars which is about the clones and the separatists and the jedi and the thing but like when we get to the martez arc Rafa and Trace are completely removed from all that, so they're looking at everything from an outsider's point of view, and that's kind of like what the Bad Batch is doing. Like, they're on the outside of Order 66 well, the, looking in, going, what the fuck is happening? What's going like, on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, what the like, hell? Like, and, and then... And, and at the same time, they're sort of like Ahsoka in the Martez arc by the end of this, where they're, where they're all of a sudden untethered and cut free, and yeah. with... With no meaning, all their meaning in life removed. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's really interesting because I love that moment, like when 
Order 66 actually happens, and they just turn around, they're just like, what is going on here? What's happening? And then you start seeing slowly that, like, one of them is starting to act different from the rest of his brothers, which is such an interesting turn, which I, I was so excited because, like, like, one thing that I, I didn't expect it this way, so it hurts my feelings, but, like, I, I when I wrote my speculation piece over at geekygirlfriends.com, um, I had talked about, like, one of them siding with the Empire and that drama that would happen. I didn't realize it was going to be a forced siding, which makes it even more painful because... He's being forced to side with the Empire <laughs> instead of, like, choosing. And I thought choosing would be a very interesting take. Um, but that's – I, I th- feel like this is yeah. way worse. But then – but both have different story of it. You would – you would, I think you would have to have a whole arc to get him to, to, to make it plausible for him to choose the Empire just because – of the insanely strong bond among clones and especially these clones. So like, but you know, you can override all that with the, with the chip kicking in. So, so yeah, it would, it would, it would not really like if, if, if that wasn't the case in this episode and he was like, yeah, you know, I'm going to stay working here. This seems like a good job. It's, it's a different episode or it's a different situation than like sort of, what's going on in in um resistance now with like tam you know and why she would like be like i think i'm gonna go with these guys you know yeah yeah absolutely and it makes it almost like much it gives it like kind of a sad air to it like you know um you have that really great scene where oh my god i'm just we'll just say it's fine we're talking around it's crosshair crosshair is staying um with the bad guys but like you have that scene where Omega was just like, it's not your fault. It actually reminded me a lot of the Siege of Mandalore because there's that scene where Ahsoka is like, Rex, it's not your fault. And it has that kind of same feel to it. Um, So it just makes it so much more heartbreaking because we know that Crosshair doesn't have the choice. And we've seen that struggle with Rex. We saw that struggle with like, um, with like Tup, you know, Tup earlier in the Clone Wars and stuff. And oh my God, can we talk about like the droid that helped Fives in the Fives arc? was back with omega and it got shot again and it hurt my feelings <laughs> i just got stunned stop shooting that droid i was actually really 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 hoping that droid would go with them and be like the droid of the crew but then that would kind of take away like what tech and uh yeah no tech, record, tech record would crush that droid down quick enough yeah but like it would just be but it's a medical droid so it'd be cool to have like a little medic on there yeah um, well, they already have a little medic on there. That's true. It's it's Omega, so. Um, but it was it was I I was impressed. Um, I it just feels good to have Star Wars animation back. I mean, I, I was sort of trying. I was starting to think about it a little bit, and I've narrowed it down to like my favorite thing. Because you know how I always ha- was like would say like my least favorite thing in Star Wars is the original trilogy. My least favorite thing in Star Wars are the movies. I just, I'm not a movie person. I'm just, I'm not. And animation is my, like, not only am I a TV person, I'm a TV animation person. I love televised animation. I think it's great. And um, uh, I just, it was everything I wanted. And I was, I was just, it's my love, my first love of Star Wars, which is animation. And I, I'm so excited. I'm so excited for the next, like, 15 weeks to see to see what happens. I can't wait. But 
It's and now more guaranteed fodder for us. Yeah, and everyone's in here like like listening because this is gonna come out like a few weeks ahead, and they're gonna be like, "Oh man, Hope and Chris are gonna be crying over this now because that last episode had this, and it was like, blah blah blah." <laughs> oh, this is good. This is gonna be a two and a half hour episode some days down the line though when we get to it, mm-hmm. you know. But, yeah, this yeah, is this is just our first thoughts. So, um, for for Bad Batch, so well. Once we have like hindsight and know the the entire show as a whole, and, and get to this episode, we're we're gonna have a lot to yeah. This episode's gonna be a big one. Mm-hmm. Probably, this is the longest premiere of any of the except for the Clone Wars movie. Yeah. Oh yeah. Technically, yeah. Yeah. No, technically, that was three, that was three episodes of Clone but Wars. But it's a together. movie. But technically, yes, you're right. You're right. But. It was close though. Opening of Rebels was uh, forty-two. Well, no, it was. It was. I was about it's to say still it was a half hour minutes. longer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, know. I was about to say it was sixty minutes, but then I was like, that's sixty minutes with commercials. Right. So it's closer to like forty-two, I think. So, but we're here to talk about the disappeared for Resistance. So, Chris, what do you think of this episode? I liked it a lot. This is, if I remember correctly, because I again I've only seen season two once, so I want I don't want to say this like like a definite answer, but as of right now, this is my favorite episode of the series. Yeah, this I, is I, this is the reason they took a little breather last week. <laughs> yeah, this is intense. Yeah. Absolutely. So, <laughs> are you ready to get into it? I am. All right. <clears throat> The Disappeared is the 18th episode of Star Wars Resistance. It aired on February 24th, 2019. It was written by Stephen Melching and directed by Sergio Pais. Just a little bit of extra information for you, because a lot of the extra information was just like, blah, 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 this kind of ship is the first time we've seen this ship in Resistance, but we've seen it in Force Awakens, and I was like, no one cares. So, um, so, but that's why I'm going to say this. Um, Aunt Z does mention having a friend on Takodana, which is the planet that Maz Kanata's castle is in on the first Force Awakens. But we don't know whether or not that Maz is the one that Aunt Z is talking about. But oh, I like for sure. oh, for they sure. They gotta be buddies. They gotta be buddies. That's the, yeah, there's no way they're not buddies. Especially when she says old friend, and we know that Maz Kanata is like as old as hell, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she probably wouldn't say that well she'd be like my boyfriend Chewie. yeah he loves me even though i'm old as hell people that are old as hell call themselves old. the people that are old as hell make fun of themselves for being old constantly Mas at least the cool Kanata. ones do like maz Kanata that are full of piss and vinegar maz Kanata's is a cougar she's just like mm, that young man chewbacca he's all 300 years old he's so young i'm just young and viable mm. no she she like she totally reminded me of a person who wasn't really like pervin on people but she would if 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 she liked somebody a lot she would call she was a lesbian but if she like liked somebody a lot like like their personality enough she'd be like this is my boyfriend you're my boyfriend now <laughs> Or sometimes if she really liked you, she'd be like, you're my husband now. You've been declared my husband. And that's what Maz Kanata reminded me of her. That's awesome. You know who's awesome? I guess, I guess we could say he's awesome. Mm. Hi, Yoda. Awesome in the force. Yes. Yes, you are. Um, mm. 
Even though this is coming out weeks later, happy Star Wars Day. Powerful and wise in the Force, yes. Happy yes. Star Wars Day. Make it good question for Yoda, yes. I did. I, you know, I thought no I would. No just... low energy questions for Yoda. No. No, no. I thought I would give you something nice and easy and simple. Something, because it's Star Wars Day, it's a relaxing day. You know, let's just kick back a little bit, and I'm just going to give you a really gentle, easy softball question. Are yeah. you ready? Sure. Master Yoda, what is the meaning of life? <sighs> Not 42, you nerds. <laughs> meaning of life is coming to Dagobah and coming to Yoda's retreat. Yes. Learn in two weeks. Yes. Meanwhile, rest in bog. Mmm, good food. Yes, yes. Relaxing massage. Mmm, mmm, mmm. Walk right on your back, Yoda will, and teach you meaning of life. $42. That sounds great! Yes, it's great. Plus you have meaning of life, yes. And what you can do is, if you want a $7 discount, you can get that at patreon.com slash geekygirls. I'm just kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> No, that would be me. Yoda would work out. Yoda would work out a licensing deal. Yes. No, no, that's the patron for our other podcast. Please don't. I'm, I'm just kidding here. Well, I mean, if Fra you want to franchise, you want to open franchise? Yes, you can walk on people's backs. Yes, maybe more. Though, <laughs> mm. so, that sounds great. And forty-two dollars is not bad for like a little retreat. Forty-two space dollars, mm, yeah. space that... crypto dollars, yes. Yeah, yeah. Like what's crypto that? Crypto dollar worth eight hundred million credits, yes. Yoda just needs one student. Apply today at J Guys and Jedi. Mmm. <laughs> Elon Musk, call Yoda, yes. I hate that guy. Anyway, thanks, thanks, Yoda. <laughs> you go off and prepare for your retreat, and I'm sure we're well, gonna. I would, I would, I would, I would totally have Elon Musk spend his fortune to go off for two weeks with Yoda. He'd probably end up with that frog guy somewhere. <laughs> you mean in a ditch, wondering whether mulch, or not in, mulch in the swamp. <laughs> I don't want to say anything about Yoda, but I'm a little suspicious. Yeah, yeah, that weird frog guy from a few weeks ago just kind of vanished. Not that's, must... a bad, not that that's a bad thing. I'm not going to ask any questions. That's the thing about the frog guy. He was fairly unpleasant. I don't know if he was unpleasant or it was just creepy as hell, but either way. Yeah. What frog guy? <laughs> I didn't see no frog guy. You know what interesting fact I found out about rain? It starts in clouds? No, no, no. Some, the interesting fact, I'm going to say a, a basic fact, and then I'm going to tell you why it's interesting. So, you know what petrichor is, right? Petro what? Petrichor. Petrichor. No, I don't. Pe oh, okay, then I get to do two things. Petrichor is the smell of the rain. When it first starts to rain, when you can smell it, uh -huh. um, that's called petrichor. And what it is, is that um, it's 
Now I'm doubting myself. <laughs> True core. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the scent of the rain on dry soil. But what it is is that when it hits dry soil, it's kicking it up. And some, if you're close enough and you, like you inhale that, it's actually poisonous. If you inhale that soil, like that smell of that soil when you're really up close to it. But the reason it's not like mass killing us is because it's raining so much and stuff that it keeps that scent and the poisonous stuff down. So it can't kill us. So don't Isn't lie on the ground during rainstorms. I guess so. <laughs> But I think it's only like certain types. Types of soil, of soil. yeah. Yeah. Um, Your lawn isn't gonna kill you when it's no, starts no, raining. No. So I taught you two things. Yeah, the smell of rain is called petrichor. And it will kill you. Only if you're like you have. And your it's nose trying right. to kill you. The rain yes. and the ground are trying are working together to kill you. So thank you for coming to Hope Science Talk. I was not a science major, so when I do have science fact, they're few and far between. And Act feel one. free to panic. Act one. <laughs> It's like that M. Night Shyamalan movie I never saw where the earth decides to kill everybody and the trees die. Kill all the people. That's why I saw that movie, Run from the Wind. It's the Run from the Wind movie. The It's the wind's blowing. Run! Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's, it's worth checking out. It's worth checking out. Is maybe. it worth checking out in, like, a bad, fun way? Or is it worth yes. checking out because it's actually... Yes, with friends and wine or, or intoxicants, yes, or a goofy, any kind of goofy <laughs> mood with friends. Yes. As a serious movie-going experience, I wouldn't get my hopes up. Although John Leguizamo's a good actor. There's some fun Leguizamo in there. But yeah, there's there's a scene that's supposed to be shocking and gory with someone filming a a lion, like, ripping a guy's arm off at the zoo because people, you know, go crazy and just, like, act suicidally or extremely reckless recklessly and the guy just like walks up to the lion and like holding his hand out and the lion just like but it's like a monty python show the lion just reaches over and like bites under his arm and then just like plucks the guy's arm off you know i mean if you were yanking if you were a lion yanking a guy's arm off you'd yank on it and the guy would go down to the ground first and you you know it would be a long painful lots of ripping and tearing and but no he just like plucks it off like it's a Lego and like the guy's standing there with like oh my my arm <laughs> it's ridiculous yeah it's goddamn ridiculous yeah <laughs> I will say and I say this because I was younger but I actually really liked signs I thought it was clever I liked then- signs too Okay, good, because then it was like, everyone's like, science is stupid, it has all these plot holes. I was like, but I thought it was clever. It's okay, it was, it's a fun movie. I liked his first three movies a lot. Yeah, they were fun. I actually even liked the one in the woods, like where, that one. I figured that one out from the trailer, so it was a little like, and then when it when I got to the twist and I was right, I was like, oh. <laughs> I thought it, they were tricking me into assuming that this would be the twist from the trailer, but I figured it out. Yeah, and that kind of thing's not my strong suit. Anyway, act one. Act one. We open with the aces, and they are flying around in a race, and they're having a good time. And in this dark time in the Colossus, where the First Order is slowly taking over, it's nice to see the people of the Colossus just having a really good time. 
And of course, Pyre sees this. And Pyre is like that panel from Sonic the Hedgehog where they're putting a sign in the ground and it's like, no fun zone. And Pyre's like, this has to be the no fun zone because I'm having a bad Tuesday and everybody must suffer. So, after the race, um, our heroes, which are Kaz, Tam, and Nico, go to Aunt Z's, and they're hanging out, and it turns out that there's going to be an ace run next week. And an ace run is pilot tryouts for them to become aces. And Kaz and Tam are just like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, we can be aces, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, this is going to be so much fun. But, of course, this is the no fun zone, and stormtroopers come in, and they want um, Aunt Z to put up little digital posters that are just like, come join the uh first order today and it's so great to see like propaganda like the kind that they used to have in rebels it was one of my favorite point point of rebels so it's fun to see in resistance and doza's uh, not doza mz sees this and she looks at the thing she looks at the stormtrooper and she's like ha fuck off and she throws it at them and it gets stuck in their helmet and they're like ouch ow it's in my helmet now and she's like get out of my bar she kicks their asses and throws them out and they're like we'll be back for you and she's like yeah run little man and they're all just like, wow, Nancy, you're the coolest. And she's like, I know. Anyway, later on, Tora is with best dad, Captain Doza. Best dad, Captain Doza, and her are just watching more stormtroopers show up. And she's just like, dad, when are they going to leave? And Doza's like, they're not. And she's like, great, great. Well, then, of course, old Goldie has to come in. He's like, Doza, I need to talk to you. People are having too much fun on this platform. And Doza's like, what the hell are you, like, the fun fascists? And, and Pyre goes, no, we're the no fun fascists. And, P- and Doza's like, oh, okay. Well, um, I'm not going to do that. And Pyre's like, it's not your choice. You're going to cancel all the races because I say so. And you can't see me under this mask, but just know that I'm smiling at you. I said so. So, Best Dad Doza has to break it to the Aces, and they're all pissed, because this is their livelihood, and what they do, and they love to do this. Especially Hype. Hype does not take it well, and he's all like, I don't want to waste the best years of my life, Doza. I'm handsome and gorgeous. Do you you know who voices me? I'm voiced by Donald Faison. Donald Faison. They named my character after him. I'm not going to take this. And Hype runs off, and he just goes off in a huff and does some Z-snaps, and he's going to go take his little ride out for a ride. But when he gets down to his hangar, right? <coughs> Excuse me. Mm. That was a good one. That was the one I was waiting for. When he gets down to his hangar, right, the First Order are putting a boot on his ship, and he's like, whoa, 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 excuse me, girl, girl, you better not be touching my ship. And the stormtrooper's like, um, my name is Steve. <laughs> and he's, he's like, I don't care. Get off my ship, you fuck. And all the stormtroopers are like, what'd you just call us? And Hype's just like, I mean, Mr. Fuck, you know, Mr. Mr. Fuck. I think we can work this out, guys. Don't hurt me. I've lost my spot. There I am. Back at Yeager's, though. Uh, we have a little flashback to last episode, because Tam is working on the fireball, and she's like, this looks like it's been in a fight, Kaz. And Kaz is like, no, it hasn't. And she's like, so where did you take it? He's like, non-specific excuse. And she's like, that doesn't mean anything. But luckily, Niku comes in and saves Kaz, so they don't have to talk about why the fireball went through last week's episode. And it turns out there are no more races, and everyone's sad. 
So they run to Aunt Z's and Aunt Z's like, yeah, that's true. And you see that little sneaky little murder ball over there, that first order murder ball royally droid, it's watching us. And, and, and Kaz is just like, hey, murder ball, go away and stop watching us. And Tam's like, well, I feel safer. You know, so what if we have to give up some freedoms to be safe? At least we're not dying. And Kaz is like, yeah, that's that's called a snowball effect. When you give up too many freedoms, then it becomes a bad thing. And during this, all, like, their little back and forth goes on until Tora comes in. And Tora's clearly worried. She's like, guys, have you seen Hype? You know, he's gone missing. I don't know where he is. And all the aliens on the Colossus are starting to go missing. And I'm really scared because I don't know where he is. And he was so mad earlier. But, but, before they could all figure out, more First Order soldiers come in. Because the murder ball was like, I don't like how they were talking about me. They were being mean. Help me. And everyone's like, hey, First Order people. And the First Order people are like, there are disturbance here? And, and Nancy's like, yeah, there's a disturbance. It's you. Get fucked, guys. And everyone's like, ah. And that's act one. <laughs> yeah. I put, I'm... My, I put all my Aunt Z notes in act two, but I just want to say I love Aunt Z. Oh, my God. She's the best. If this was um, if this was just a cartoon show in like the 60s to the 80s that didn't have the plot and stuff that was just sort of this cart, this idea, every episode would have started exactly like this episode with like a race. Yeah. But like it would have been exactly like that, but that's just sort of like, like a goofy little, like, um, fun little, like, uh, ploy to, to get you relaxed. Cause then it just goes, you know, down, downhill, I got I got more names for that murder droid too. I call him Fast Droid, Rat Droid, Snitch Snitch Droids get stitches droid. Snitch Droids get stitches droid. <laughs> Fantastic. Little 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 turncoat. He's not even a no. He's not a turncoat. Uh, I I I like that he got the. They have space boots in Star Wars. I think we've seen space boots before. I think we've seen people get the boot somewhere in in Clone Wars or Rebels, and and you know in a somewhere somewhere along the line. Um, that's about all I got in this one. I'm a little uh, ever since 9/11, I'm sick of the freedom versus safety argument because it's just been like part of the discourse since 9-11 you know it always has been a little bit but it's always been like it's been memefied since then so Mm -hmm. but uh yeah i like how i like how it just sort of uh it's it's ramping it's 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 things are ramping up it may a, a, a lot of like um i'll get it to it in the in the in the last act but uh i think um uh, a lot of the way Jaeger's been dealing with Tam is, is a little bit clearer in this episode. Yeah. And he might he might get a little more leeway from me in the way he's doing it, but that that's not till later on. But uh, yeah, it, this just shows how how quickly it's it's all over. I mean, Pyre is enjoying that. Pyre is now confident enough that 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 the First Order has has their toehold in there enough that that doza can't do anything about it and he's enjoying 
pretending, you know, uh, we'll see about the racers, you know, we'll see how that goes in the future. But, you know, and he knows like in a day he's going to call him up and be like, yeah, take those racers down. So he's enjo- he's enjoying the fact that he knows that he's got the power and Doza knows it too and can't really do anything about it to his face. So, yeah, it's uh, it's going bad quickly. <laughs> My, um, oh, you said something very specific. What did you say? Um, oh, 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 I got slightly distracted. Ah, damn it. What were you going to say? About Pyre? No, 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 it was before that. Um, about, oh, um. No, about Tam, about Tam. Safety um, versus... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's about it's about Tam. Um, I think I feel like Rebels and Clone Wars have both kind of sort of towed that line a bit. You know, like we would have things like um, like like different arcs in those two series that are just like you know the clones are here to protect us or the Empire is here to protect mm-hmm. us, but now mm-hmm. they're taking our thing. But I don't think we've ever super deep dive in it, and I think that's something that Resistance does so well is they really explore what that means from different points of view because you do have people who who probably do feel a lot safer. But then it's very clear in this episode, which we'll definitely get in Act 2 and 3, that not everyone is safe. It's only yeah. the humans that are safer on this platform. And not the aliens are just getting shut off like left and right. And it's terrifying. It's horrific. And... I think that's one of the things that Resistance does so well is it takes these, it takes a lot of concepts actually from Clone Wars and Rebels that neither show really had the time to super deep dive on. And it does that deep dive. And it, it's more, I don't want to say this is more like a character study, but it, it kind of is. It's it's more of a like a universe study of here are these things that we presented in these other shows, but now we actually have the time to really kind of play with that. And I think that's what it does really well. Yes. Yeah. Um, I was. I was. It, it never really stuck out to me before, but it stuck out to me at this time where Doza is telling Tora, because she's like, you know, when are the first order troops going to stop coming? He's like, they're not. Um, and that kind of stuck out to me that I have to wonder if Doza is just like, I've reached the point of no return. It's either oh, yeah. going to be fight or die. Yeah. No. He he knows. He's just he's playing his cards really. We were talking about this last episode when we were talking about uh, Jaeger and, and Tam, where it's like Jaeger knows at what point they're at with the First Order. He might as well tell her, you know, he might as well be like, look, they're going to start they're, they're going to start like doing awful things really, really soon. And, you know, and he knows that, like, it's not going to take And If she doesn't believe him, it ain't going to take long for her to see it, see it happen. So he should have been planting that seed earlier is what we were saying last time but doza doza holds the whole ship in his and 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 we'll see there's there's layers that get that start to be shown as we go on Mm -hmm. about that but yeah yeah he he might he knows he might as if he doesn't tell his daughter she's just gonna see it you know so he might as well he might as well be honest with her and she also can deal she can also like take care of herself so she's better off informed or or at least given some kind of heads up yeah i i think um because like i said i I have a hypothetical question i'm going to ask in act three um but i do me too oh fine okay then i'll I'll save it for that we'll we'll wait for for the other questions 
Well, um, yeah. I mean, if you're in a big hurry to ask it, you know, I'll just then then I'll ask yeah, mine no, too. I'm not, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. We can come back. Um. So I think what's the escalation and the tension of resistance is really well done because they've been kind of like every episode is a next step up and a next step up. And so a couple episodes ago, we started with like seeing like the first order arriving and like people are like open. And then we start seeing people getting arrested and taken away. And they're all the like the kind of nameless background characters. But then it, we take this huge step forward because it's hype. You know, having hype taken away, he's a main character or like, you know, a, a main supporting character, I should say. You know, that's that's big. And that's something that's going to influence the the platform, like with an in-universe thing. If hype doesn't come back, the people of the Colossus are going to notice because he's a famous person on the Colossus. Well, what about ANC? She's the heartbeat of the Colossus, too. Yeah. So oh, yeah. They, yeah. They... I'm just going I'm just going by act. At this point, at this act, hype is the one taken. Yes, um, yes. Yeah, and, and Z too. Um, but uh, it's it's so chilling. But it's a really good way to show like the ramp up that you start seeing like little things like in the background. But then it just kind of gets. It's almost like it's almost like a predator coming to rip your arm off in an M Night Shyamalan movie. <laughs> You know, at first, like, it's just a background thing. And then you kind of see it happening around Kaz, and now it's influencing characters that we know. And that's that's kind of how it happens in real life. You think it's a far, like, fascism is a far-off problem until it gets closer and closer, and then it's in your family. And you're yeah. just like, what the fuck? <laughs> um, so it's just, it's just really well written to show how that ramps up when it's not taken care of. Um, the only, this is just a tiny gripe. And and I felt this way when I watched it the first time too. Uh, I just wish they were using Griff more because Griff is an ex-imperial. He was probably familiar with this stuff as well. So like I just kind of feel like he's just and and I this is a gripe I'm going to have about all the aces. I feel like they all aces are completely underused for the entirety of the series. That's just a general hope feeling yeah. about the show. But like I feel like Ace like Griff could be really really useful here as the ex-imperial TIE fighter pilot losing his place. And I feel like there needs to be like a scene, like why isn't the first order coming to him and just being like, Hey, you want to recruit with us? Like this, this is the moment where I really was just like, I feel like this character should be doing more. Even if it was just an exchange of dialogue where like Doza was like, the aces are being grounded and Griff saying just something like, Oh, we're back in the empire now. Like something sarcastic, like, Oh, it's the empire again. Fine. Or just like some kind of interaction to show that Griff, this affects Griff too. Cause I feel like this is the place where they should be using him more. Uh, they don't have, they didn't have time to develop his character. So I guess they could just, if you like ask, they could just write it off to like, yeah, he's just a, a sheer, you know, he's just in it for the money or the, or the, action or something you know he's he never you know he never really cared about the empire and he just wanted to fly a, a ship and shoot things or whatever and that would be fine if we didn't have historian season two then where he was loyal to doza and he chose to leave because he wanted to stay loyal to doza mm-hmm. and if if he was just going to be some guy that just didn't care then don't give them that backstory in season two you know, because then that comes back to him. It just go. It just goes back to the our yeah, theory that this was going to be a longer show. 
Yeah, but but even if not, even just a throwaway line of him just looking at Doza and instead of because he says something just very throwaway, just like ah oh, great this is this or something. Like, yeah, yeah, it's, it's a throwaway line. But they could have really done like a nice line where he looks at like like the aces are grounded and he just looks at Doza and goes oh the empire then huh we're back just something sarcastic like another throwaway line same amount of seconds wouldn't have changed it like but it would have given his character like a little extra like oomph. Um, so that's probably my my like slightest gripe of this episode and of Resistance as a whole. So that's all I had for Act One. Did you have anything else? I'm ready for Act Two. Act Two. <clears throat> so the First Order is in Aunt Z's cantina, and it's Stormtrooper Bob and Stormtrooper Mike. And Aunt Z is just looking at them both. And just like, hey, get out of my shop. You're not welcome here. Well, Tam tries to smooth it all over. And she's like, excuse me, Stormtrooper Bob. We're just, there's no disturbance here. We just, our friend is missing. We just want to know where he is. And the Stormtroopers call it in. And they're like, oh, Hype got clearance to leave. He went on vacation and never coming back. And then Tam's like, thank you, thank you. That was very nice of you. But Tor is confused because... That's not like Hype. Hype usually, you know, dramatically leaves and it's just like, So long, suckers! I'm going on vacation now! I'm gonna have a hot toddy for my hot body on the hot beachy. Goodbye, bitches! And Tora's like, yeah, he always makes a big thing when he leaves for vacation. That's not like him. <laughs> so the troopers are just like, well, that's that's all we can tell you. But children, have you ever thought about our Lord and Savior, Kylo Ren? Would you like to join the First Order with us and come serve with us? Each of you could have a future. And then Aunt Z climbs over the counter and she's just like, you better stay the fuck away from these children. You guys better hope that if you get anywhere near them, my pimp hand tires out because I swear to God, if you come after these kids, I'm gonna get out every pimp ring I have and break your fucking helmet with it. I'm gonna get, get the hell out of here. Don't get near these children ever. And the stormtroopers are like, oh my god. Okay, bye. Okay, bye. Wow, she's scary. <laughs> and all the kids are like, well, Izzy, you are the absolutely coolest person on the station. She's like, I know. But Tora is still scared because it's not like Hype just to up and leave. So she asked Kaz to help her find Hype. And she's like, well, he'll never leave his ship behind. So if the ship's not here, then we really do need to worry. So they head down to the hangar. But everything's locked down. They can't even get to the tower, which is her home. So they have to get past the guards at the tower. So CB's 23, right? Our brand new droid, our new Rolly. She's amazing. They come up with this plan where she's pushing a bunch of boxes to deliver to the tower, and Stormtrooper Bob is like, Oh, hello, little droid. What are you pushing here? And she takes out her little arm and puts it on her little head, and she's like, Honey, I'm on a schedule here. You gotta move. And he's like, Well, let me just see what's in here, because this is unauthorized. And he opens it, and there's Gorgs, and they jump on Stormtrooper Bob, and he's just like, Ah, oh, no, no! God, no, why? They hurt. And during all this, Tor and Kaz sneak up into the elevator and get into the tower. 
And so they get into the hangar, and they find that sh- Hype's ship is still there. And Tora's like, oh, no, this is not good. He would never leave a ship behind. Oh, no. Oh, God. Oh, no. And some stormtroopers come in, and they overhear that they're even going to scra- scrap Hype's ship since Hype is missing. And, and Tora's like, oh, no, this is such a bad idea. Oh, no. Oh, God. Hype is gone. What are we going to do? And Kaz is like, we should go back to Anzi's and talk to her, and she'll know what to do. So they get back to Anzi's. But it's in chaos because Aunt Z is gone and only her droid is there and Aunt Z is missing. But they're not actually missing yet because they're actually, and when I say they, I mean Aunt Z and Hype and the little blue gremlin guy that's voiced by Dee Bradley Baker, whose name I can never remember. Um, they're all in shipping containers, but they're waiting, having to wait for a first order transport while they wait in their shipping containers to be sent away to who knows where and probably not come back. You know, when you put aliens and or others into shipping containers to ship them away to, you know, prison camps and never return. Yay! Holocaust. Somewhere vague. Somewhere it's, vague. It's going you know. somewhere. Yeah, going somewhere like they did in World War II with Jews. Um... Uh, so yeah, but Auntie is gonna take this line down. So she is screaming, she is in a rage, she is yelling at people, she is like climbing on hype to try and get out of here, but there's nothing much they can do. So Kaz and Tora, who are freaking out because they can't find any of their friends, go to talk to Yeager. But when they kick in the door to Yeager's office, there they find Best Dad, Captain Doza, looking hot with other dad Yeager, and they're having a dad's club meeting, and they're like, yeah, we hot. What's up, kids? Into back two. What'd you think of back two? It was good. I didn't have a lot of notes, but this is my meat of my notes. They're, they're leading right into yeah. The, well, one of them is it's and basically it's 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 just a good it's a good uh, illustration of how fast fascism once it's once it's there and once it takes over it doesn't mess around because yeah, it's this like. Is what it- this is what I've talked it's, about all season, how I kept saying, like, we're going to get to Holocaust imagery. This is that. Story-wise, yes. Story-wise, it's all over for characters like Aunt Z and that that are openly don't like... They, they can't be there on the station. <laughs> or they're just going to get shot, you know? So yeah. the characters, like, they have to, like... Either way, they have to ship like story-wise in the real world there, or and in the story, they have to get rid of these characters. Otherwise, it's like a different story. You you can't have any anybody who's even close to being negative about the first order, and it's and it's 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 done. You know, it's that it's they they are taking action, and they they show it in. A fairly light, as light a way as they can, you know. There, there's it's yeah. these, you know, crushing people trying to look out the window and stuff. It's a very Disney way of doing it, but you you can't get past the the freight train imagery yeah. of it. I, I remember you know? watching this scene for the first time, and I remember. And, and there's no it. humans in those freight trains. There's no humans in those freight trains. Like, um, I remember pausing it, watching this episode the first time, and kind of mm-hmm. sitting back, and I'm like. Are they doing what I think they're doing? I was oh like, they got one human in there, right? There's got to be at least one saucy human that made oh, it in there. Nope. I, you know, I was thinking, uh, I 
the only place where there might be one is when it shows that, like the shadows walking by, which is haunting, by the way. Like seeing shadows of characters going going by and not coming back. You know, I that's one of my X three notes. Yeah, they save Aunt Z and hype and the little gremlin guy, but what about everybody who left before them? The other they're people got gone. Yeah. They're gone. They're not in Star Wars anymore. They're either dead or in work camps. And yep. then they'll be dead soon. Like this this is where I think this showed, like really I think this is where so many people wrote off this show because on the surface it's light and fun and slapsticky and stuff like that. But when you stop and actually think about what they're saying and doing, this show's fucking dark. You know, this is a dark show, and it needs the slapstick so it doesn't make you depressed watching it. Well, right. I mean, but that's the thing is you could put the sound of music in the story with with the nazis you know what i mean it's, yeah it it, it 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 it's yeah 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 you can but, still have you can still have lightness and and stuff like that but yeah it's about it's at least the first season is about is about how fascism takes over mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but this 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 is the scene whoa whoa sorry. so i have really bright lighting outside but that's <laughs> that's really that's really all i had yeah like this this is the episode where i I was just like i wow resistance went there they really went there and oh thank you thunder did you hear that see that yeah it's it's uh (laughs) underlining your point there i know it went there kaboom (laughs) you can't you, you can't you can't you can't do that stuff in editing in a podcast. No, no, you can't. Like, I saw the lightning go off, and I was like, it's going to happen any, any moment now. But I, I just kept talking and didn't think about it. And I was like, oh, wow. Well, yeah. Anyway. But, yeah, like, this is – this episode you'll, just – You'll be having an argument with this on Twitter or something. You'll say, listen, when I spoke this piece of truth, lightning struck. And we have proof. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but I remember just coming out of this episode so impressed like just so impressed with the writing and the acting and the story and the process like up to the journey up to this point and i just and it's for this act you know they they really break it down like i i anzi is so cool here's all my anzi notes like i i she's just so cool and she is both showing what you should be doing but also shows the dangers of it you know like she's just saying they're like i have my rights i'm not going to be silenced as she's in a shipping container possibly about to get shipped off to her death you know she's and, one of those old folks who doesn't she doesn't care she's she's old old enough that she's like <clears throat> yeah i don't mess around with them you know so even if it, you know kill me if you want go go ahead and shoot me or whatever but i'm not messing around with you goofballs i don't like you you know yeah yeah she's like shoot me if you want but i'm gonna take down as many of you as i can as we go yeah because it yeah. seems foolhardy but i'm like ah no she knows she just doesn't care yeah like that's what i love about that scene too is you know it's it's a little bit heartwarming as well because you know she's been giving Kaz a hard time all season, but the moment that the first order is like, "Hey, you're kids, you want to join up?" She's like, "I swear to God, if you get away from these children, like she's ready to throw down for these children." And yep. I just she's just so cool in this up. There's so many things about Anz that I really really. Well, she's love. taking the bullet. She's taking the bullet in that yeah. that case. And there's just ugh. 
this is my favorite episode with Nancy. I think she's so layered and there's so much going on with her and she might seem like a hard ass, but she really loves these kids and she's, she wants them to be okay. And she's protecting them. But she also is fully knows that the moment that she like throws that data pad at the first order, just like get the fuck out of my place. She's done. She knows it. And she does it anyway because she's just doesn't give a fuck. And, and and it's good for other people to see her do that, you know, to, it, 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 it helps with other people. Yeah. You know, you that that's the kind of thing that could inspire people like like Kaz and you hope it would inspire people like Tam. And we know it doesn't work with Tam, but that is there's a reason that like Kaz and Tora risk their lives to go after their friends. And yeah, it's so good. Um, I have to say. I fucking love CB23. <laughs> she's a sassy little girl. And this is what I love about her. Like, this is where she's different from BBA because BBA was a little bit more like, okay, let's get this to the point. CB23 is going to get to the point, but with sass. Like, when she is pushing up the cart that has the Gorgs in it, and the droids, and not the droids, the uh, First Order troopers are just like, you're not permitted to be here. She, Her little arm comes out and goes on her head, hip, and her other arm comes out and she starts fussing at them, just like, me, 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 me. And it's, you could just tell it's her just going, excuse you, I have somewhere to be. I need to get this done. I'm on a deadline. <laughs> love CB. I love her so much. I'm so happy she's finally in the show for the rest of the show. I just, I love her. She's the best droid. And, you know, she's up there as, like, my favorite droids. I love her so much. Um... Yeah, those of my notes are just yeah, shallow notes. Um, I love Hype's little scream. They're, his little screams rivals Kaz's little screams, and they're great. <laughs> just that. Yeah. <laughs> Donald Faison has a lot of fun voicing Hype, and you can tell. Um, and actually, I will think about Donald Faison too uh, in his voice acting. Like, yeah, he's playing a Hype, and there's a lot of comedy. But when he does hit those like serious like beats with Hype. Because he usually plays a pipe so much, those serious beats hit harder. Like, hype, it, you know, is comedic and just like that. But when he has that little somber moment of just, like, we're not getting out of here, it moment hits harder. And that's just... And it's funny, that's, those, are the, those are the parts, though, that I, like, see the human actor in my head. Like, because yeah. like, there were, there, you know... I mean, he was a he was a, a, a pretty a, a, a fairly comedic character in on his on um oh what's the show I'm Scrubs, on, Scrubs yes I keep wanting to say ER but I know he's not he would have to be a lot older to have been on ER but um but his character was fairly comedic but there was also drama in that show and so whenever whenever he hits drama beats I can see the character's face like in his Scrubs <laughs> in, in those scenes yeah yeah. Um, and I just, and it never would have happened if, if I hadn't known that he was like, I, I'm bad at putting voices together unless it's a super obvious voice. And like, I haven't seen an episode of scrubs in 20 years. So, so like, yeah, I never would have known, but now that I know it's too late. Yeah. Um, and my only other shallow note is, is like, you know, I wanted to hear, I, I kind of want to hear more of Yeager's and Doza's conversation. You know, when I, I could sort of put it together. I think it definitely was. Well, we get the second part of it. They, they, they sort of say the second part of it. Yeah. Later. But the first part <laughs> of it was just like, look, this is what, you know, I mean, basically Yeager had to tell Doza what the first, what he knew about the First Order's plans for the. 
well, for the station. The, the reason why it interests me is Doza, as an ex-imperial, knows that Yeager worked for the Rebellion. And I think that could be a really interesting conversation of an ex-rebel and an ex an ex-rebel and ex-imperial walk into a, a Yeager office, you know, like and yeah. have that conversation of like this is the new situation now, and to see kind of like where they're both at and their their entire friendship is something I just wish we got more of. This would be probably something that you know would be explored in like another property. I think would do really well. Because we know that Yeager knew Doza's wife. We get that in season two, that like Yeager and Vanessa were friends, and that's how Emmanuel met Doza, or met Yeager. Um, so, uh, yeah, I just, I just always want more of those two. I think they're so just fascinating how one's an ex-rebel pilot and one's an ex-imperial, and they're friends. Yeah. I, like, there's just, there's so much more in that story I just want. <laughs> and Resistance never gives it to me. Never gives it to me. Nope. But... That's all I have for Act 2. Did you have anything else? No. You want to wrap this little uh, um, snitches bot, get stitches bot up? I'm going to hype up this bot. Hype, hype. Yeah. I love hype's name. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Act 3. So... Dozer and Yeager are found by Tora and Kaz in Yeager's office, and Tora and Kaz are like, We want answers! Our friends are gone! We don't know where they are, and we're scared, dads! And Dozer and Yeager are like, Chill, chill, don't be scared, don't be scared. Here's what's going on. So, Yeager and I, being Doza, this is Doza talking now, Yeager and I are talking about taking down the communications blockade of the First Order, so we have to, we can get just some kind of call out. We gotta talk to the Resistance or the New Republic, we gotta get them out there, because we clearly need help, because we can't handle this on our own. And Kaz is like, well that's not gonna help Aunt Z and Hype right now. We we need answers now, we need to figure out a plan. And Yeager's like, well go on then, I ain't gonna stop you. Kaz is like, really? And he's like, you've earned it, champ. Go fuck up the First Order for your old Colossus dad. And Kaz is like, thanks, dad. I love you. And Yeager's like, we're not there yet, but I do love you too. And he's like, what did you say? And I was like, I didn't say anything. Get out there and fight some First Orders, champ. Woo! And Tora's like, I'm going to just go too, dad. And Dose is like, be careful, daughter. Remember, your rage mode. And she's like, I got this. So Kaz and Tora go outside but tam is waiting for them and tam's like so what's your secret little mission about there in there that you were all talking about and kaz is like we're throwing niku a birthday party and niku's like "Ah, a birthday party for me and he's like yes because everyone loves you you're the best boy on the classes and niku is like i am the best boy everyone does enjoy me i it's almost like i represent the classes as a whole and kaz is like see that tam so we were just talking about decorations you're in charge of the balloons we're gonna go talk about this now bye and they walk off and tam's clearly not pleased with this she's like i didn't want balloons they're lying i'm just mad at everything i think i'm gonna be a fascist in three episodes anyway so kaz and tora and cb have to figure out a way to get to the docks so they sneak through the underbelly of the platform walking very tediously tediously that's not the word i'm looking for walking across uh pipes so they don't fall over and stuff like that and it's really really scary and stuff and kaz has a plan though so they get to the docks and they figure out which shipping container has aunt z and hype in it and then he is like 
oh my god, child, you're there. And Kaz is like, I have a name. And Hansi is like, I don't care about your name. I never did. And Kaz is like, thanks, Hansi. I love you too. But Kaz has a plan because they can't bust everyone out and just let them return to their lives. The First Order is going to notice. So instead, they're going to break everyone out and steal the transport. And Aunt Z and Hype can, can take everybody away to safety. And they're like, that's actually a really good plan, Kaz. And Kaz is like, I know. So they get ready. And when the First Order come and take Hype and Aunt Z and the little gremlin guy to the ship, Tora and Kaz are waiting for them. And they jump the guards. And you know what? Tora is in a rage. She has killed one. She will kill again. And she jumps on the stormtrooper and grabs his blaster and just starts shooting. Well, I guess stunning people. It's on stun. But she, if it was live fire, they'd be dead. And Tora's in a rage. And Aunt Z comes running out and taking out stormtroopers. And Hype even gets in the fray and, like, punches one whole guy. And he's like, I took out this one whole guy. And it was important because I saved Kaz's life. And he's the protagonist. So, therefore, I did something important. And Kaz is like, thanks, Hype. And they high-five. So they take out all the troopers. And Anzi and Hype need to figure out where they're going to take, uh, you know, their whole two guys to safety. Anzi's like, you know what? I have a friend in Takadana that may or may not be Maz Kanata. It's kind of unclear, but we're going to just pretend it's Maz Kanata because that's what actually makes sense. And why else would we drop that Easter egg if it wasn't Maz Kanata? That we almost think- sounded like a po- poetry there, po- I hope it was rhyming and stuff. Oh, thank you, thank you. <laughs> I didn't mean to. Um, anyway, but it's unclear. So Antsy and Hype say goodbye to Tora and Kaz and thank them for, you know, not shipping them off to concentration camps for aliens in the First Order. And they zip off to another day, and that other day is the finale. Um, but oh no, as Kaz goes back to Yeager's place, because he's all tired and he's ready for a bed, he opens the door and there's old Goldie himself, Commander Pyre with a bunch of stormtroopers, including Stormtrooper Bob, who is still getting over his vicious Gorg attack, and they are surrounding Team Fireball and holding them at gunpoint because Pyre is going to arrest them next week. Bum, bum, bum. What did you think of Act 3? Oh, yeah. It was good. It was, uh... They, they sort of set it up like it was going to have a sort of bittersweet, happy ending, and then, like, nope. Because I was like, are they going to end this sort of upbeat? And I was like, oh, no, they can't. Good. (laughs) They shouldn't. They should not end this upbeat. Is this our first real cliffhanger of the show? It is, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Unless you count like, uh, yeah, I think it is. Yeah. I don't even think the, the, like, if you counted the first two episodes as, I don't think they were really cliffhangery. So, yeah. There hasn't been... It's that typical Filoni thing where it's like, at this point in the show, this show could be just sort of a, a sitcom-like thing and just go along with, like, hijinks on the Colossus, but it's it's developing a storyline real quick. So, um, yeah, so it's going to have some cliffhangers, and it's it's good to have cliffhangers at this point, you know? Every, it, it, it just built, The more tension built right now, the better you know plus yeah. they had to had to build up the 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 feel of dread for the the first order for the movies too so it was yeah. doing doing work for that yeah um 
Okay. What's your hypothetical question for me? Well, well let me just. Uh, let, um, oh, okay, sorry, sorry. I'll just, I'll just, uh, I, I just got one more like, light, light note. It's uh, Hypenant Z get themselves a nice. That's that's uh, sell that ship for some good money. Some point. Yeah, that's, I know, right? It's an expensive ship. Yeah, it's a big ass ship, man. So some some pirates gonna be happy. That uh, pirate being Mascanata. <laughs> yeah. She's the pirate queen. Okay. Yeah. So all I got left is my hypothetical question: Is is Tam slash the main character slash most important character in this uh, show? Okay, I have two answers for that. What I feel and want, and then the more right. logical question. Right. So. I, I I think I I think I agree with you already. <laughs> on, on the surface, I want to say yes because she has the most important story of the show. She has the mo- she has the best written story I would say of the show, especially knowing season two. Um, and even then, as season two, they promoted her as the second main character. She's on the poster beside Kaz. She's just as big. They she was centrally featured in the season two trailer alongside Kaz but then you get to season two and she's only in like six episodes I know but yeah her her story has the most to say about everything in the show of anybody's yeah like everybody else's arcs are sort of personal like our good personal arcs but her arc says something about like the themes on a larger scale in Star Wars yeah, yeah, yeah. Is the narrative and plot of Star Wars, which I feel so and, like, I, and resistance on us on a smaller scale. Yeah. So I'm kind of torn on that episode because I, 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 the answer is, eh. My answer is, eh. So like, yes, yes, she is, but they don't handle her as a main character. Right, right. Um, because like for so much of season one, they purposely sidelined her, which is and I and, I, and I've said I'm going to be a little bit of a hypocrite because I think that is also very good writing because as the audience is frustrated, yes. she's being sidelined. She's actually purposely being sidelined for the purpose of the story, which is really interesting writing. That said, season two should be her time to shine. Right, you know, right. And even then, she's only like six episodes, like six, seven episodes of season two. And season two is only like, what, like 22 episodes or something like that? Like, I have to look it up. I don't know the number off the top of my head. Actually, I think season six. Uh, Hope's going to just, it's one whole resistance season two. It's one whole Google search away. Um, it, was just, it was 19 episodes, okay? And one of those is a two-part finale. Um, so 19 episodes, she's only in six, the other, like, 13 are about, like, Kaz and everybody else. And, um, so I, yeah, my, my answer is, like, eh, eh. So, yes. And so- I, I think there's a little more, little more, um, Jaeger gets a little more credit from me because he may have had more good reasons not to tell Tam. Because there's things going, there's things going, he's got things going on with with Kaz, but there's things that Kaz he's definitely is not going to tell Kaz about because Kaz is like uh, obviously almost doxed Poe last episode. So Jaeger's got things beyond what we know going on. So him not telling her, he you know he it might be killing him not to tell her, but she's smarter than Kaz or she's more into it. She'll figure out if like. She can read between the lines. Between she's more world wise than Kaz, 
So he might be just like, I can't tell her. I have to keep her totally in the dark because if I tell her even a little part of it, she's going to figure out the rest. And he's, you know, and maybe he can't, you know, the stuff with Doza's double secret, you know, Doza doesn't want anybody to know. So he can't betray Doza by say, you know, so there, there might be there might be better reasons writing wise for Jaeger not to be to be holding out on Tam so much you know yeah they might be misguided but they make more sense but they might make more sense yeah i okay so i'm talking for my my hypothetical question for you um while I, i'm gonna prop this up, this up so while i feel like they've done a really good job explaining and showing those reasons for not reaching out sooner do you think there is something that Doza should have done to act sooner to stop all this with the First Order? I don't think he could. <clears throat> okay. I think he's been I think he's been trying to do what he can, but there's a certain point where you're sort of screwed, you know, and he's caught in in the tides of of things, you know, and he knows how it goes cuz I think he would have, but like anything that he does is going to be pretty radical you know you can't just do some little thing that would have been like made the first order not interested in in that station you know there's not some little thing he could have done to make them you know unless it was somehow way back in the past made it impossible to find out about his presence but you can't you're not a secret they're not a secret place so I don't I think he was just sort of yeah if he would have like jumped into action they would have just taken him out and taken over earlier you know mm. he's 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 he knows at some point they they're, they're going to want to march him off in handcuffs unless he wants to join up with the first order too and he's just playing his cards as close by and seeing what his options are until that moment you know yeah. And if if he if they have a, an action, you know, spoiler, we've seen <laughs> this whole show, but his his action, the actions that they take are going to have to be like just sort of happen when they happen, you know, and and be a surprise, you know, so he needs the element of surprise. So he's got to be just completely he's got to have the empire. The You know, it's a game with the with the first order too with Pyre of you know how much do i know how much am, am i going to do anything or am i go i'm going along with you yeah i'm going along with you too you know so it's i think they handle that really well i think doza you know to an outsider it might seem like doza can do more but doza's got a lot on his plate and he's not a fool and he has insight into the 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 stakes so yeah, no, I think he's doing, you know, the fact that he's with Jaeger means that he's a, the man of action. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, the reason that I, I was started feeling this one is because I do see how, like, on an outsider, like, an outsider could be really frustrated with him. But, because it's something that, because I, I, I felt like that for the first probably, like, watch and a half it's it's only really been this watch as i've been going through the show with a fine tooth comb to where like i was like starting to see like the little subtleties of like oh, okay they've really done a good job setting up eager but if you're just casually watching this and not paying attention like he could come off as very very like much at fault for everything going on um 
And so I, I, I was, I wanted to hear your perspective on that because I, I agree. I, I think they've done a really good job showing that he's in a damned if you do, damned if you don't situation. He's he really he's is. one of the he's one of the stronger characters, but he has to appear weaker than he is to play the game. You know, he's mm-hmm. there's it's he's a he's a Stillwaters run deep and and uh, you know also a character that that is. Since we are not seeing behind the scenes, there's just a lot that we don't know about. But you can tell, you know. So yeah, I've 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 never thought of him as a weak or a flawed character, really. He's yeah. he's just stuck in a <clears throat> terrible situation. Yeah, absolutely. And luckily, uh, luckily he know he's got his experience as an imperial to give him insight into what he's what they're gonna do and how he can deal with it. Yep. Um, so, uh, let's see what my, my other other notes. Um, yeah, I already mentioned this before. Uh, yeah, they they say fancy and hype, but the people who are gone before them are gone for good. They're yeah. not coming back. Um, and the only thing that God, I love watching Tora fight. She she fights like uh, like a banshee. <laughs> She's just like gonna climb on people and like rip their helmets up and shoot them and scream at them and just like just scream her dominance and fight like hell. And then I, it kind of dawned on me. I'm like, Tora, I think is the best fighter on this show. She's amazing in a plane. She can fly around in a, in her little ship and like take out people left and right. And then like on the ground, we've seen her just like spider kick like uh 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 uh, uh, like pirates and now she's like jumping on first order troopers yeah she might be the only person in the show who's really trained in any kind of fighting technique you know everybody else is a pilot or kaz has just got minimal like basic training and you know you know they're they're, they're, and even poe is more of just like a shoot 'em up guy rather than a hand-to-hand combat sort of guy so yeah she she might be the only the only one who might be close to her is like Tora and some of the pirates. Or, uh, yeah, Sonara. Sonara, I mean, yes. Yeah, because she knows exactly how to jump on the guy to disarm him because she's such a tiny little girl. Yeah, no, she's she's been taking lessons, you know, probably, you know. She and, probably learned from her rebel mother. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, there's not, you know she's she's like a kid on a military base she needs she's got video games and hobbies she probably goes and and you know she probably has a a sensei somewhere who's like she comes in and takes class with a bunch of people and and it's fun and goes home and plays some video games yeah (laughs) yeah but that's all i really had for this episode did you have anything else i do not oh Good as it is, it's there's not an awful lot to talk about. It's stuff fermenting. Yeah. It's uh, it's actually it's yeah it's beyond fermenting. It's just starting to to metastasize. Can I it's, share with it, you an analogy? <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm because I good yeah do that because I'm mess I'm mixing up like biochemistry and cancer. Yeah. So one of my my favorite podcasts are Caitlin and Charlotte from Sky Talkers. And when they were discussing um, getting ready to talk about resistance and stuff like that, they use the analogy of a pot of pasta boiling. Yeah. Um, Where, you know, like the first few episodes is getting the pasta ready and like putting the water in the pot. And the middle episodes are like waiting for it to boil. 
And then now the water is starting to boil. And the last few episodes of the season is letting the pasta cook. You know, all the prep work is here. It's all there. And now the pasta is boiling. And very soon we're going to have spaghetti. Yay. (laughs) It was the best analogy. And it it totally made sense in the concept. Space spaghetti. Yeah, it, it like made sense in the concept of their show, and um, yeah, absolutely. So, um, so if you don't have anything else, score it up, Chris. I gave it a nine out of ten. Nice. This is this is though this is like this is a moment I always like in Filoni shows where, where boom the 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 um dominoes start falling over you know and and where it goes to like yeah we're you know it's been building building that it was going to be a deeper show but now it's committed to it so yeah i always like these this episode so i think it's my highest scored one so far i think you've had one other nine did i Um, might have it might have been the one with yeager's brother i feel Uh, like that oh Yes, I did like that one. You really liked that episode. So, um, I, as I said earlier, um, I need to rewatch season two. So I'm looking forward to getting to season two a second time. But like, as of right now, this is my favorite episode of Resistance. It's all the work has come to this. It's all coming to a head. As you said, the dominoes are about to fall. But I think the story it's telling and the, like, especially the heaviness while presenting it in a fun way while still keeping the charm of Resistance and having everyone in character, and it's all just coming to a head. Like, this is the point where we go forward and we don't go back. And it's just, it's so good. This this is my favorite episode of Resistance. It's I So I give it a 9.5 out of 10. Um, I'm only leaving myself a touch of wiggle room. If no other episode in season two gets to this point, this will be my 10 for 10, because I think it's a really well-done episode. Um, I... I mean, yeah, I have tiny gripes and stuff like that, but that doesn't mean that I don't love it because it's just really, really good. Yeah, it is. Well, as always, we would love to hear your feedback on iTunes, Twitter, or on the Two True Freaks Facebook page or, you know, the Two True Freaks website. Uh, uh, that'd just be great not too. today. Just doesn't. This is coming out a few weeks from now, so hopefully it's up in a few weeks. Um, but I decided... Um, so you guys know a little behind the scenes chris and i are recording a a few weeks of resistance back to back just so we can get ahead a little bit so we're doing like four weeks four episodes over like two weeks so um for right now i'm holding off on feedback this week just because i want to give you guys a little bit of extra time and like the website's been so wonky and stuff like that so i am going to give we're not doing feedback this week because i just want to give you guys that little extra time to get in some feedback as we kind of get these as we jump ahead really fast and we get ready for yeah Having a new site. Yay. I'm excited about working RSS feeds. Sorry for your iTunes. They're about to be flooded with a year and a half's worth of JKS episodes. Hopefully. Yeah, hopefully. (laughs) All right. So where can people find you, Chris? You can find me at 2TrueFreaks.com. That's hopefully by now our new, our, our, well, it's our website, but hopefully it's all revamped and looking, looking sporty and new. And that's where we keep all our podcasts, including this one. And uh, you can sign up for the RSS feeds there. And by this time, you can listen to it there. You can do all the podcast things there. Or you can sign up on iTunes. Or you can go to Facebook and see us post all our shows on the Two True Freaks podcast page. 
or you can just sort of hang out with other two true freaks listeners and podcasters at the two true freaks cantina on facebook or you can even go to twitter and see all our podcasts as they come out on twitter if that's your uh if that's your thing you weirdo and uh that is our twitter site is run by the legendary gene gene the podcasting machine gene's a weirdo like me because we love twitter gene. <laughs> one of us one of us gene and uh yeah that's it for me where can they find you our twitter account you can also find me at hope Allenex. um i do have a website called geekygirlexperience.com and i am going to be writing reviews of the bad batch as we go through it so that's really exciting so those should already be running by the time this episode comes out so i'm very excited about that um chris and i also have another podcast called hope makes chris watch cartoons where we talk about animation outside of star wars and we are wrapping up gravity falls and we're about to start uh, avatar the last airbender so we're super excited about that and it's funny yeah. I'm, I'm excited about avatar the last airbender but all the people that i've talked about have already gotten excited about me watching avatar <laughs> and now they're, now they're excited about me watching steven universe after avatar so all three I love it. of our guests um Kiswara, so i'm like jumping out of the excitement i'm jumping out of one cartoon into the frying pan of of cartoon excitement and out of that frying pan into the fire of more cartoon excitement so i'm, I'm still debating whether or not to do cora exact like right after avatar or to put a break there because cora is the sequel to avatar and i'll have more of an opinion as we get as we yeah. get closer to it i'm sure yeah yeah so uh, i don't know yet that's not even so yeah i'm not even by that by that time i might be like i'm not ready to leave avatar yet yeah yeah and korra is a different beast it's it's korra is to avatar which is like what resistance is to clone wars you know they're both the same universe but they're completely different shows that's okay yeah that's okay so it's it's interesting but like everyone's like even all of our guests like suara jana brad and sarah all four of them were just like we're gonna watch avatar <laughs> yeah. them, we're excited for you. Yeah, um, every everybody I've met has been. Everybody in the world's seen Avatar except for me, apparently, so I'm catching up. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. But yeah, you can check that out. Um we also have a Twitter for that, which is our initials. It we are Hope Makes Chris Watch Cartoon, so our initials are HMCWC Pod over on Twitter and you can follow us over there, so yeah i'm so excited for next week next week my favorite evil lady in all of star wars comes i love female villains give me female villains i suck them down like air uh, next week we finally get agent tyranny and i love her i love her so much chris i want her forever and ever and always and i'm so so excited about tyranny wonder finally if she's, coming into wonder if she's a ancestor of the actor Lawrence Tierney. Probably not, because it's so It's probably spelled different, yeah. Well, it's a long time ago. It's just a distant ancestor. <laughs> Galaxy far, far away ancestor. Well, yeah, but they, they died by getting hit by an asteroid which drifted into our solar system, turned to dust, became, <laughs> I don't know, parts yeah. of DNA over. Some aliens, some passing aliens <laughs> took the DNA down to Earth and said, hey, this is perfect for our science experiment of cloning this. Let's clone it. And, and made <laughs> 
you know, dis- descendant out of clay. I don't know. I'm just having fun Possibly. listening to you. Just kind Possibly. of like p- piece this together. All I know is it's possible. <laughs> All right. Well, guys, we will see you next week. And even though this is a few weeks late, happy Star Wars Day. May the Force be with you. We love you. Thank you for supporting Enjoy your Star Wars. Yes. You punks. You punks, get off our lawn. (laughs) (laughs) In the words of Anne Z, fuck off. (laughs) That's what she said. But with love. Right on Disney Plus. (laughs) Bye, everybody. Bye. Visit our website at twotruefreaks.com. Two True Freaks is always spelled T-W-O-T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S. You can email Two True Freaks directly at twotruefreaks at gmail.com. Two True Freaks and all of its excellent affiliates are available on iTunes, and you can choose to subscribe to either the entire network if you wish, or pick whichever individual shows you want to follow. We have so many shows to choose from, there's just bound to be one that appeals to your particular fandom. Just search Two True Freaks with an exclamation mark at the end, space, and the number two. You can find Two True Freaks on Facebook. Just search for Two True Freaks. If you ever leave your house and you actually have friends, why don't you tell them about Two True Freaks? If you've enjoyed our show, please, won't you take a moment to rate us on iTunes? That helps others find the show, too. Thanks for listening. And join us every Monday for new episodes of Two True Freaks. All right, children, the lights are out and the party's over. It's time for me, Dr. D, to start running and say goodbye for a little while. And I know you're gonna miss me, so I'll leave you with this. You know that big ball of radiation we call the sun? Well, it'll burst you into flames if you stay in one place too long. That is if the static don't get you first. So remember, even if you're dusted, you may be gone. But out here in the desert, your shadow lives on without you. This is Dr. Death Defying, signing off.